0: Good evening. We'd like to welcome you to the evening fellowship hour of the Altoona Bible Church coming to you from the auditorium of the Altoona Bible Church. We pray and trust that this service will be a blessing to you, that you will be encouraged through the hymns, through the special music, and of course God's word would speak to your hearts and challenge you. At this time, Joshua is going to come the leading of the hymn, My Hope is in the Lord. Good evening
1: we'd like to welcome you with our service we're going to start off by singing my hope is in the lord continue our singing by going to hymn 32. I sing the mighty power of God. Hymn 32. sure we know that everywhere we are, God is there, uh, that nothing can separate us from that love of Christ. At this time, we're going to have the McClellan family come up, Steph, Sophia, Matthias, myself, and we're going to share a number called confidence. Thank you, McClellan family, for that. Uh, It's your turn to sing again. We're going to go back to our hymnals. Hymn 353, Love Found a Way. 353. You are singing with him. 235, Near to the Heart of God. 235. <laughs> we're going to sing our worship song which is come into his presence um, we're going to sing this two times through come into his presence Should be receiving all the praise and glory no matter what we're facing. At this time, Stephanie's gonna come back and join me as we're gonna share our second uh, number for tonight, which will be At the Cross, Love Ran Red.
2: It's a Yeah.
0: Amen. I want to thank uh, Joshua and Stephanie and Sophia Matthias for uh, singing and providing special music. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And as we read, I like to read Ephesians uh, chapter number 2, verses 1 down through verse number 9. And we're continuing our series on the believers' uh, union, the believers' complete Just think upon this, the believer's complete and absolute identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are three important verbs that we're going to be studying this evening in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and verse number 6. But I like to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through verse number 9. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past that you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God... But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love with He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, the coming ages, the ages that just keep rolling one after the other that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we began this study last time weeks ago and what we've talked about in Adam in Christ and then we're showing you verbs that you see the word together with it's a compound word in the original Greek language a compound verb it has the word together with and then whatever part of the the other meaning of the verb and that shows this absolute identification that we have And we talked about what you see on the screen. In Adam, in Christ. Just want you to understand and appreciate and rejoice in this. So when when God looks at the human race, it's so important to understand. He doesn't see us divided by religion. He doesn't see us divided by nationality, by gender, by economic status. Literally, he sees us in one of two places. Because there's no middle ground with God. So either we're saved or we're lost, either we're in Adam, the first Adam, or we're in the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way, the only way to get from in Adam, unsaved position, to being in Christ is by faith alone. We just read Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of, it's not from the origin of or the source of works, lest any man should boast. And when you believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, you see that dot represented you. That dot represented me. That dot represented all people who are lost, unsaved, they're without Christ. And the moment you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment you recognize and realize that you're a sinner and the only way, that you could be saved is by faith in Christ, and you believe and tell God, God, I believe, I want to trust the Lord as my Savior, that God has moved. You, you were moved. You were taken out of in Adam, and you were identified and placed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that precise moment, that, that moment in your history, your life, that you believed... We see what God has done. And this is this absolute union that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we talked about last time are are these four words. Notice again, crucified with. It's seen as a co-crucifixion. Dead with, buried with, planted together. I'd just like to go back if you read and follow along with me. Get your Bibles. Have your Bibles open. Follow along to Romans uh, chapter number 6. And in Romans chapter 6, i just like to read verse 3 and verse number 4. And again, you, you, you see this compound word, buried with. Romans 6, 3. Knowing not that so many of us were baptized into, his, into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him, not like him. And again, please understand... And if you have any questions concerning this, please talk to me. But Romans 6, 3, and 4 has no water in it. Some see no water in verse 3, but then they make verse 4 to be water baptism. It's not a water baptism. We're buried with him, not like him. And we're buried with him. It's a, it's a co-burial. It's a believer's union that we are that identified in the death, in the burial, in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism of death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Praise God for that. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit we all baptize into one body. At the moment of salvation, it's not something you experience. It's something that takes place, happens. At the moment of salvation, God does this for you no religious activity that you could do could ever make that transferring from in Adam to in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you go back to Ephesians chapter two, we wanna this evening then continue. And what we're just simply looking at are our verbs. And as we shared with you last time, we put on the screen all these various verbs. We're not necessarily gonna look at all of them. If you'd like a listing of them, please contact me. But quickened us together here in Ephesians chapter two, If you drop down to verse number five, Ephesians chapter two, verse number five, quickened us together. And you're going to see in verse five, there's quickened us together. Verse six, raised us up together. Verse six, made us sit together. All those three verbs are compound verbs that has the word together, together with, and it speaks of a union, a, a, a unity, a relationship. And then the the verb, the other part of the verb, seated, quickened, raised. So this verb here, quicken us together, is made up of two words, together with and the word to make alive. And it means to quicken together with, to make alive together. What does it say there? Even when we were dead in sins have quickened us together. God has quickened us together with the Lord Jesus Christ. This specific verb only appears one other time in the Bible. And that's found, if you turn with me to the book of Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, chapter 2, and verse number 13. This is the only other time this word appears. This specific verb. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 5. So the only other time is Colossians 2.13. And the verb is in the aorist tense. And again, why do we... Emphasize this at times, because it shows when God did this. And when you read it in the English language in the King James Bible, you see it there as well. Hath quickened us, hath raised us up, hath made, and made us sit together in the heavenly places. The aorist tense means completed action point in time. It would be represented by a dot, Completed action. We we still enjoy it today, but at a point in time that this occurred. And what is the point in time? The point in time is the moment, that precise moment of your salvation, that God took you out of in Adam and placed you, baptized you into the body of Christ, into his death, into his burial, and resurrection. And it means that he has quickened us together. And the aorist tense, again, means completed action, point in time. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's not something that might happen, maybe happen. It is something that absolutely happened in the active voice. And the active voice means the subject of the sentence produces the action of the verb. How important that is. Understanding is and who is the subject of the sentence? Verse four, it's but God. Verse five, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together. God is the one who is doing this. We become a recipient, absolutely. Excuse me, we become a recipient of the action. But who is producing the action? God. He is the subject of the sentence. We receive it, but God is the one who is producing the action, completed action, point in time. And praise God for that. Also then we realize that we've been made alive together. And this is absolutely, as I said, and I cannot emphasize it enough, this is absolutely the work of God. Man could never, there's nothing that you think that you could do or some religious activity or some good deeds that you think you could ever do that would ever, ever produce this verb or produce the other two verbs that we're going to look at or the previous ones. It's, it's all God doing it. We as believers, this is something we enjoy. We receive the action, but we do not produce the action. This is something absolutely Praise God, it's absolutely a work of God and man could never ever do this. And then we realize that there are two parallel phrases here in these portion of scripture and we see it here in Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two begins, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespass sin. Remember the word death means a separation. There's physical death, there's spiritual death, And then there's the eternal or the second death. We we understand physical death, Genesis 5. The death bells are ringing. So-and-so begot so-and-so and and lived so many years, and he died. And he begot so-and-so and these children. And he died, and they died. Why? Because of what Adam did. Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. But then there's a spiritual death. Being spiritually separated from God. Alive Physically. A- able to function, able to work, a- able to get around and do various activities. This, this portion of Scripture, I've entitled The Walking Dead. They're-, they're alive physically, but if they n- know not the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, they're dead spiritually to God, so they're the Walking Dead. And you, Hath he quickened, who were dead in trespass and sin, where in times past you walked. This is the Walking Dead. And that this is true of yourself. Before you were saved, you were the walking dead. You were alive physically, but you were dead spiritually to God. And then, if you die physically, having been spiritually dead to God, you're gonna go and be a part of the second death, the eternal death, the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20. But praise God for the believer. It's alive physically, trust the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, alive spiritually. So, if death occurs or if the Lord Jesus Christ returns to the rapture, where are we going? We're going to spend eternity, we know, in heaven. And so he is talking about the walking dead. And he is talking about in times past how you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince, the power of the air. That's Satan that works in the children of disobedience. We had our conversation in times past explaining all this. And when it comes down, don't I just love verse number four. Because when you read all this and you come down to verse number four, what are the first two words of Ephesians 2 4? It's but God. It's not but religion. It's not but man. It's not but by man's good deeds or what man has done. It's but God. Praise God for that. And again, there are those who attack the issue of the inspiration of Scripture. I'm not going to. Go into and, and deal with that this evening. But we believe in inspiration. Second Timothy 3:16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's God breathed. These words are God's words. Here's the design of God. And if man wrote this, apart from God, and it's just a writing and a collection of man's thoughts. In, in, in thinking upon and philosophical approach to everything, it wouldn't be but God. It would be but man, but religion. And again, there's a difference between religion and being religious and having faith in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Religion lifts their hands up to God and said, God, look at me. Look, look, look what I have done. Biblical Christianity is God's loving and showing and saying, but God, but God. Who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. So, you have these two parallel phrases God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. We, we, were, we, were the, we were the walking dead. And so, there's this parallel God, rich in mercy, his great love. Romans 5.8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. Not the sinners, Christ died for us. So you have these two parallel portions of scripture, these two parallel phrases. God, rich in mercy, his great love, where he loved us. And man, even when we were dead, we were alive physically, but we were dead spiritually to God. What did God do? He quickened us together with Christ. That's what God did for us. He quickened us together, and we rejoice in, in that and praise God for that message. Then we drop down here to verse number six. So God quickened us, quickened us together. As you read in verse number five, for by grace are you saved. That's something God did. You, you, you're only part of this. Is when you believe and trust the Lord that you acknowledge that you're a sinner, and the only way of salvation is through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you believe and trusted that, God, God saved you. And then we see here in verse number six He raised us up together. Again, He hath, and hath raised us up together. The verb is made up of two words again, together with, and again, that speaks of this union that we have and the word to raise. It appears two other times in two other verses in the New Testament, Colossians 2.12. I'd like to read Colossians chapter three, verse number one. In Colossians chapter three, verse number one, notice these words here in Colossians chapter three, verse number one. And there's the other time that that it appears. We'll come back here to Ephesians, but Colossians 3, 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which were above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And here it's again, is tense, now it's a passive voice. The subject of the sentence does not produce the action, but it receives the action of the verb. If you then be risen with Christ, and that if is not like our English if, if it's a nice day, I'll go outside and take a walk. Or if it's a nice day, I will do outside chores. That's not what this if is. This if in the original language is if and it is true, since it is true. Absolutely. Because you go back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. If you be dead with Christ, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. If you go back to Ephesians chapter number two, again, completed action. Here it's in the active voice. And it means the subject of the sentence produces the action of the verb. And this absolutely again emphasizes that this is the work of God and not the work of man. The word raised up. So you have the word together with, raised together with, only appears three times. Colossians 2.12, Colossians 3.1, and here in Ephesians. But the verb raised by itself Appears some 141 times in the Bible. Of those 141 times, 40 times it appears in the Pauline epistles, somewhere from Romans to Philemon. And in those 40 times, it's used of physical and spiritual resurrection. And we will show you physical resurrection. It's used of the resurrection of Christ, it's used of the resurrection of, of believers. In 1 Corinthians 15, 52. You're in Ephesians, we'll just read Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 20. Here it is. So, so it's it's the verb raise, it just doesn't have the word together with. So it's used as a physical resurrection, verse number 20. The Lord Jesus Christ again died bodily. It was a physical death. He was raised bodily, he's gonna return bodily. Verse number 20 which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. There, there's the word. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place. We're going to come back and talk about that. That's, that's physical resurrection. But also it is used of spiritual resurrection in Romans 13, 11. And if you were here in Ephesians, just go over to the fifth chapter, verse number 14. This isn't physical resurrection. Notice Ephesians 5, 14. Wherefore he is saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you and give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well Ephesians 5:14, if we could just spend a few moments here, Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 14, is not a reference. And, and there are people, and again, stop, look, and listen. You got to look to the Word of God. There, there are individuals who will tell you that this is a message to the unsaved to get saved because they see the word sleep, they see the word arise from the dead. Because I just told you there are three basic types of death in the Bible. I think there is a fourth one, and the fourth one is here. See, I don't think this is a message to the unsaved to get saved. I think this is a message to God's people. And you think upon what we're going through in our country, in our community, in our state, in the world with COVID-19. And if we've been a sleeping Christian, alive physically, alive spiritually because God has given us that eternal life. But maybe we haven't been truly committed to the Lord. We look around us and we see what's going on in the world. We're the ones that have the hope. People who are in despair are those who are without any hope. We we understand the eternal hope that we have through Christ. So Ephesians 5.14, much like Romans 13.11, I'm not going to go back there and read it. I would encourage you to. It's a message to the saved. Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead. And Christ is going to give you life. Well, it's not a physical resurrection. It's, It's a spiritual resurrection. And so people need to understand that. And like I said, I believe this is a message to the saved individuals to be living for the Lord, to being committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, not, not just because of COVID-19. We, we should be living this way all the time in our lives, raised up together. So when the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he arose. It was a bodily resurrection, he arose the whole church, the body of Christ spiritually arose with him. And we realize and understand that the resurrection of of Lord Jesus Christ is one of the cardinal doctrines of the word of God. And if the Lord Jesus Christ was not raised bodily bodily from the dead, no one would have any hope if in this life only? First Corinthians fifteen nineteen says, if, it, it, "If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable." But now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Praise God! So there's a physical resurrection. There's a spiritual resurrection. The spiritual resurrection with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think of what Ephesians chapter 2, if you go back there and look at it, this is what it's talking about. We've, we've been raised. That in trespass and sin, he hath raised us up together. But we're waiting. But our future bodily resurrection, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, 7, and 8. For the believer upon death is absent from the body and is present with the Lord. What a glorious hope and message that we have. Resurrection is not of the soul and spirit. Resurrection is what? Of the body. Person dies. Well, while we're home, I'd encourage you to read these verses of Scripture. While we're at home in this body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're we're willing, rather to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. Resurrection is what? Of the body. That's why 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, The dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Those words bring us comfort. The world is in despair right now. The world is looking at everything as hopeless. We have the eternal hope through the Lord Jesus Christ and the importance of that bodily resurrection of Christ, because he, if you go back and read 1 Corinthians 15:13 down to 19, because he was raised, we shall be raised, and because we will be raised, the Lord Jesus Christ had, was already raised. Remember, he was born, he died once, was buried, resurrected never ever to die again and our bodies (Philippians chapter three are going to be fashioned like under the body of the lord jesus christ what a glorious message truly that we have and then if you go back and continue reading here in ephesians chapter two verse number six we're seated together we're seated together and again it's this specific word is made up of uh two words Together with and to set, And this specific word only appears one other time. And this is such an interesting portion of scripture. One other time. And that's found back in Luke chapter 22, verse number 55. And if you will turn back to Luke chapter 22, verse number 55, where we can read these words. And again, remember, together with speaks of, of union, of unity, of, of unity. Luke chapter 22 verse number 55 verse 54 and then took that then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off and when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together remember those words Peter sat among them. Remember what you have. If you go back in the context of Luke chapter 22. You have the rest of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have Judas's betrayal of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that over in John chapter 18. If you want to turn over there for a moment. And where is the Lord Jesus Christ? The Garden of Gethsemane. Verse number 2 says in Judas also. John chapter 18 verse number 2. Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. And Judas, and having received a band of men, the band is over 600 of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, they come thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. And isn't that ironic? They're, They're coming with lanterns. And torches for light, and who are they looking for? Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Lord Jesus Christ is what? The light of the world. They're coming with weapons. He's the, he's the true Prince of Peace. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth, said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus saith unto them, I am He. And Judas also, had betrayed him, stood, stood with them. And as soon as, they, as soon as he said unto them, I am, I am he, they went backward and fell down to the ground. He knocked over 600 people down. I am. Connect that to the Old Testament. There's other verses of Scripture. I am. John chapter 8. Before Abraham was, I I am. And then, verse number 12, then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him, and they led him away to Annas first, for he was a father-in-law to Caiaphas. Go back to Luke chapter 22, because Lord Jesus Christ is arrested, he's going to go through six trials, three religious, three civil trials, and by nine o'clock, the same day under Jewish time, he's going to be on the cross. Again, we follow Roman times, so at midnight we get a new day, so you wanna, in our minds, understand there's a switch, but it's less less than a 24-hour period of time. Six trials, crucified, and then buried by three o'clock that afternoon. If you go back to Luke chapter 22, verse 54, look at these words. Remember, the word together with speaks of a union, unity, this connection. And we, we saw, quickened together with Christ. We, we, we've been raised. We've been seated together. Look at how it's used here. In Luke 22, verse 54, Then took they, then took they the, these people, these Jewish officers, there was a band of men, over 600 men with the officers, the Pharisees, they took him. The Jewish officers, and led him, that's Christ, and brought him, that's Christ, into the high priest's house. We just read that in John chapter 18, verse 12. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, they were were set down together. Do do you understand what the word of God is saying and teaching and, and telling us and implying? They were set down together. In other words, that group of people who were there, who had taken Christ, sat down together. They are in unity, in union with each other concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and what they want from ultimately from Pilate and what they want from the the priest and the high priest that they want Christ crucified. And then it goes on to say, and Peter sat down among them, but it's not the same word. It's actually the noun of the word sat down. Those people sat down together. So if you go back to this ought to throw your heart and mind. If you go back then to Ephesians chapter number two. So the they, the band and officers go back and read this portion of scripture. They took the Lord Jesus Christ and they were set down together. It speaks of their unity. They were one mind against the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go back to Ephesians chapter number 2, and just think of the fact that that word is used, the way it was used in Luke, now it's used here. That he made us sit together in the heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's that's just powerful. That's, that's a union we have with Christ. What are these words ultimately teaching as well? That we, we are identify we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh in ephesians chapter 5 and this gives us eternal security the moment we trust the lord jesus christ as our savior we're eternally secure from that moment then throughout all eternity and i know there's going to be people. Oh, well that means you have a license if you would understand you want to talk about people waking out of their sleep as christians and being a sleeping christian if they would understand these concepts and understand the word, the power, the transforming power of God's word. And understand Romans 6, verse number 4, that we've been identified in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And we've been raised to what? Walk. What? In newness of life. There is the power. Ephesians chapter two, we have raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. This verb, again, is in the aorist tense, active voice. That means the subject of the sentence is producing the action, God is the subject, and aorist tense, completed, completed, completed action, point in time. All three verbs, quickened together, raised together, seated together, are absolutely in the same tense and voice in the original language. It is so important, and this has already taken place. We already are seated in the heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope, the hope that we have for the church, the body of Christ today, is a heavenly hope, and it's not an earthly one. We are not looking For the millennial kingdom reign the Lord Jesus Christ. We absolutely have a heavenly hope. And then in the book of Ephesians. I'm just going to put these on the screen. In the book of Ephesians. Five times. And you can see the verses of scripture. We'll go back and read them. Five times. Well four times it's the heavenly places. One time it's dealing with the high places. And this is speaking of. Our spiritual blessings, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we're seated, our identification, our witness, and our spiritual conflict that we have. No wonder why this epistle that God wrote to the Ephesians is so important for us to understand today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 20. Verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and did what? And set him, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. In those words, principality and power and might and dominion, it's used in Romans 8. It's going to be used in another verse of scripture that we'll be reading here in Ephesians chapter 3. It's dealing with positions of authority. It's used in in Colossians chapter 1. Christ created all things. Things we see, things we cannot see. The things we see here on earth, the things we cannot see are are in heaven. The things on earth, we know that we have local government, state government here in the United States, and we have federal government. There's something corresponding out there in the heavenlies. We, We can't see it, but we know it's there because God's word teaches us. And Christ, upon his resurrection, is far above All principality and power and might and absolutely dominion. We already read Ephesians chapter 2. That's dealing with being seated. I jumped one. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. And I think in the weeks to come, we're going to study this verse as well. But blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Notice the tense. It's completed action, folks. He hath blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And when did he do that? At salvation again. Before you ever did anything. Before you ever proved or showed God that you were going to be faithful, he blessed you with all the spiritual blessings. And there's not just one or a few. We will talk about this. Because I think the believer's identification and union naturally just flows into understanding our spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And we're blessed with spiritual blessings. You want you to want contrast? You want to do a word study and see the difference? Go back and read Matthew chapter 6, about verse number 25 to the end of the chapter. And, and look at the all things that God was going to provide for Israel. Study it out. Look to the context. The, the Gentiles worry about these things, and God says to the Jews, what, Matthew six twenty-three. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are the, these things? Read the context. And look at the difference to Ephesians chapter 1. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, then we have our witness and we have our spiritual battle. Write these verses down, read them, study them. Allow God, the Holy Spirit, to help you to understand God's word and God's word rightly divided. We rejoice in it. Thank you for being a part of this evening's service. We pray that it's been a blessing to you, a challenge to you. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, won't you trust him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late in your life? May God bless you. May God bless the United States of America.